It's time for a brand new episode of People Are Wild, except this episode is not quite medically minded. It might be. It might be a bit of a stretch to actually connect the dots on this one in terms of the medical aspect, but I don't think you have to work that hard for it. In fact, I'll do most of the heavy lifting for you because there's a really cool thing that's happened uh, with me travel nursing for the past few years is that my timeline crosses with other people's timelines and I get to know them and I get to know about their life. I get to know about some of their passions, their hobbies, what makes them person. And it's really cool to see just how alike we are, how much inspiration we can draw from each other. And I had the honor and privilege of talking with a gentleman who makes an incredible product um, that I actually use. If you listen to my bear episode a couple of episodes back, I say everything's a couple of episodes back, but it's somewhere in the recesses of the episode log, uh, you'll notice that I talk about a particular belt that I changed from my original bear spray carrier, and it is made by a company called SCAT, spelled S-C-A-T, And I actually learned about it from another nurse that I worked with on a different assignment. And I really liked their product. I reached out to them just to thank them for making it. And to my surprise, they answered me back. I got to talking to the gentleman that I'm going to be speaking with that I did the interview with, which you'll hear in just a second. And it was really a cool discussion about not just a product and how it comes to be and how the necessity as a mother of invention really comes to fruition, but also a bit of a bare safety sort of expose and an explanation as well. Not really an expose. I don't know why I use that word. I'm going to blame that on perhaps self-isolation, quarantine brain perhaps. Uh, And I wanted to actually, speaking of quarantine and self-isolation and being in the midst of living history, I wanted to maybe give you guys a bit of a mental break. I don't know if you need it, but I know I certainly do need it from time to time. That's the whole point about self-care is making sure that you take time for yourself. And I hope that with this content today, with speaking with Mark and hearing him and hearing his passion for working with this company and his passion for the outdoors and our back and forth Perhaps maybe it gives you a little bit of an escape for just a brief moment of your day. And maybe it gets you thinking about being a little bit more bear aware, being more aware of your surroundings in general, because we are, at least in North America, entering into the spring and summer months. And so that will bring a lot of us outside. And with some of the nation reopening some of their state accesses in terms of their parks and recreation areas, we definitely do need to be aware that before there was humans, there was the wilderness and there was this wildlife. And we do have to respect that, but we can also maintain our safety and protect ourselves and protect our loved ones while we enjoy the beauty that is nature. So I wanted, again, for you guys to hopefully take a bit of a mental break and listen to this episode. And just so everyone's clear, this is in no way a sponsored content of any sort. I just really like this product and I wanted to talk to Mark and I wanted him to share the story of this company. And I hope that you guys enjoy it. I'm the host of People Are Wild. It's a bonus episode podcast. 
going on today. I have a very special guest that took time out of his day to talk to me about not only um, an amazing product that he works with, but also his involvement and his journey and how he's gotten to this point in his life. And I will not delay in him introducing himself and we'll go from there. Hi, I'm Mark Winston and I am with scatbell.com. We started this company five years ago. And in those days, I was acting more as a consultant for businesses to start businesses, find financing for businesses. And the two principals, they came to me and they asked if I would uh, assist them in bringing in some investors. So I said, you know, what's the product and what's it going to be? And at that point, it was supposed to be a hydration duct. They had some ideas about it and this and that. And then what really got me on board with this is the fact that one of the principals said, well, I'm going to China to source materials, and then I'm meeting with a factory in the Philippines that will build them. And that's exactly what you have to do if you're dealing with, you know, offshore entities is build a personal relationship. So he went over there and I was kind of, uh, you know, patient and and waiting to hear the results. And one day he calls me from China and he goes, wait a minute, let's try to put something together for a bear spray belt and people defending themselves in the, in the wilderness. And I thought that was a great idea. So, you know, he, he sourced the materials. He went to uh, the Philippines and I talked to a number of people and we got the company up and rolling. Now, five years later, it's, you know, it's going pretty well. We have uh, brand recognition. We are uh, selling in the U.S. and Canada. It's kind of fun, actually, because we're dealing with a lot of active people, uh, whether they're runners or hikers or uh, fly fishermen or horseback riders. Uh, it's, it's spread out. You know, the need for the belts are there because you're going to run into bears or moose or maybe uh, kitty cats out there that aren't too friendly sometimes. So um, that's, you know, that's how it started and it's spread since then. And uh, here we are today with you, Kim. Well, I say you're being a little bit modest in terms of how well you guys are doing because you guys have had such an exponential growth as a company going uh, from the U.S. To, to Canada and I'm sure trying to expand that reach. I know personally, I... I didn't know anything about bears until uh, a couple years ago um, doing travel nursing. I worked in, where was I? New Hampshire. And I saw my first black bear on a trail run and I realized I had nothing on me. So, so I like stopped, I like assessed it. It was definitely one of those domesticated situations where the bear was doing its own thing and didn't even see me. Yes. Um, so, so I was, I got pretty lucky. I, I didn't advance further. It went its own way away from me. And, and then I, I ran a really fast way back home. But I automatically like hopped online and was like, I need bear spray, apparently. I, I mean, I grew up in Arizona. We don't have bears in the southwest part where I was. I know a little bit more up north. It's a different story. But I, I didn't grow up with bears. I didn't grow up with that knowledge. And then I, I went and got my bear spray. I got their holster. And I hated it, I realized, and looking back on it, it just wasn't the greatest. So I had 
been hiking in Montana on an assignment and one of the nurses I was with has, has a scat belt, talked it up and I was like, I'm going to look at that company. And sure enough, I was like, oh, this is, this seems awesome because I, I run with belts. I, I, I do a lot of stuff when I'm used to having things on my waist and it's a little bit more accessible to me. And sure enough, I think I got the Grizz, which I highly recommend and it's been great. But then, you know, I reached out to you just to express like, thank you for it. And then you said about the bear and the moose training. So I was like, oh, I got to have you talk about that. How did you get to that point? How do you have that, that background? How did that start? Well, you know, it's your story and my story about the first time uh, I ran into a bear is very similar. I was running in the Tetons uh, 20 years ago and a uh, cinnamon colored black bear crossed my path about 30 meters in front of me. Okay. And I went, wow, wait a minute here, you know, and that, that started me thinking about the same thing as you. You know, hey, what would have happened had that bear decided, I'm going to come after you? You know what I mean? You're a threat to me. So uh, over the years, I've met some other, uh, you know, bear defense instructors. I have a very good friend in Alberta, Kim Tishner, who, who teaches it. And I have, I've learned it. Uh, I've taught some classes in Waterton, Alberta, just in June. And it's amazing when you you have a, a number of novices that want to go out in, in into the wilderness. And when they're out in the wilderness, they're not thinking that anything could go wrong. So in the beginning of the class, I run a two-minute, 45-second video of these biologists in Yellowstone and what happened when a, a grizz charged them. It kind of gets everybody in the mindset. Then I, I start off by telling them, you know, when you're out in the wilderness, you need to have a great deal of situational awareness. Don't think that, you know, you're at Disney World or you're in your living room or something. There's always things moving around. You've got to, you know, cover your back. You've got to uh, assimilate patterns that are in the wilderness. And if you see something that's not part of, you know, your background, you want to look at it. You know, if you go into a, uh, a field, you know, that's opened up, give it a 270 degree scan. There's, <laughs> you know, it's better to be aware of what's out there than have something, you know, catch a glimpse of you and you don't know it's there. And, and we go from that point to, well, what happens when a bear, you know, comes at you? Well, first of all, most bear attacks are within 60 meters or less. A bear can cover that ground depending on the terrain within four to eight seconds. Okay. And one thing, and this is true, when we have people buying scat belts online, I respond to everybody who buys and I ask them, you know, how they hear about us and so forth. And a lot of them come back and go, well, what would I do if, uh, if a bear did come at me? You know, so that got me thinking. And, you know, I, I tell them, you know, that they must practice, you know, deploying the bear spray out of the belt. They must be aware of wind direction. They must be aware of anybody else with them and, you know, and where they're positioned and so forth. And all the people, 90% of them go, 
I didn't think of that. Wow. I, you know, that never occurred to me and so forth. So at this point, I'm going forward with that and um, teaching people to be more aware of, of their surroundings and what to do and practice. The more you practice, your muscles and your reflexes will be honed and your, your mentally you'll be calmer. So that's, that's the bottom line to the whole thing. And that's what I tried to teach. It's, uh, it's a, you know, 30 to 45 minute class, depending on the questions. But uh, it really has, the people that I've, I've, I've been in front of, at the end of it, they go, wow, we're really glad we've learned this today. Thank you. You know what I mean? And we're going to, you know, be more aware of everything once we're out on the, you know, on the trail. So that's kind of it in a nutshell, Kim. You know, I went, you know, forward from that first bear encounter to people asking me, what should we do? And then, of course, knowing the people that I know, also, you know, the teach it, it, it helped a great deal. So we try to pass the word, you're safer and the animals are safer because they will destroy the animals if they can, if they attack you. I feel like this past summer, especially in the national parks, uh, I've, I feel like I've seen more animal encounters with people reported in the news. I don't know why it was this year. Maybe it's been the last couple of years. Maybe it's because I've been paying more attention because I'm actually around those areas. And it's almost like when you're removed from an area, you think it, it can't happen to me until you start researching somewhere else that you're going to. And you're like, oh, it could very well happen to me. Um, and like you're saying about situational awareness, when we when I worked in Montana, there that that was like that's just part of your putting on your pack is making sure everybody has bear spray. Correct. Even you know if you're hiking with a group of five people, everybody has their own bear spray, which I always thought was interesting because it's different from some other packing I've ever done. Where if I'm going with other people, sometimes you split things in, within your pack. But that was one thing that it was like every single one of us had to have bear spray on us um and and a few people also had the bells which i mean also works in terms of situational awareness and, and making noise but i feel like i feel like we could give maybe we can give people a little crash course about the things to look out for um with bears not just situational awareness but the things that people can do i've had a couple episodes about people who've survived bear attacks i've actually worked in a couple places where people have come in as patients as victims of bear attacks who have have made it through but and they live to tell a very harrowing tale uh, but i feel like maybe being able to kind of give people a little bit of a knowledge base a foundation from from somebody such as yourself who who has the training might be really beneficial um with bears or or with moose I have not had an encounter with moose. It's it's not necessarily on my bucket list, but um, you know, it it always would be good to have something in in the my back pocket in terms of a knowledge base. When you uh, run up against moose, okay, and I've done that probably twenty five times over the years or more, okay, and usually I'm out on a trail running by myself, and if I see a moose that's within, I want to say 30 meters of me, I make myself take a, a calmer posture, even though, you know, I, I'm jogging along and I talk to the moose. I say, hey, moose, I'm going in this direction. 
your head looks like you're heading over there. There's no problems here. And I, I will tell you, nine out of 10 times that works. If you're in a group, you've got to try to have everybody calm down when they see it. If you're in a group, the best thing to do is walk in the other direction because you're not sure what that moose is thinking. With me, I've kind of over the years have gotten used to them and I've never had one charge me. I came around a corner once going down the, the pass from Idaho to uh, Wyoming and there was a moose on the trail right in front of me and I didn't even see her till I came around and she was urinating. And I come around and she starts to get a little excited, but had to continue her flow. Okay. And I, I did the same thing. I gave her a wide berth. I said, Hey, you know, I'm sorry, I'm here. And I just went on and I sped up. And when she was done, she just went out into the woods. But that was the most harrowing time I've had because she was starting to, you, you could tell her body language, even though she was busy, she was all uh, getting worked up. And so, and I thought that time, but keeping your cool is one of the best things you can do, okay, when you're out there. And I think to a degree, animals can sense that, okay, and it seems to have worked. Now, with bears, you have uh, the grizz and you have, you know, basically the, the black bear, okay? If a grizz comes at you, you want to hit the ground and cover your head and your neck because it's a dominance thing, all right? And a grizz, you know, can be 800 to 1,400 pounds, basically. And there's just no chance, you know, you're going to be able to take on the bear. Go down and, and stay down. I had a friend, uh, Jeff Vest, who was charged by a grizz once. He had a little dog that he ran with, and the dog ran up in front of him, and he looked back, and here comes this grizz. And he fell to the ground. And the grizz, you know, came up and hit him a few times with his paws and, you know, made sounds, walked around him. And Jeff just stayed on the ground for like 15 minutes. And then he starts thinking, oh, I don't hear the bear. I don't see the bear. He started to get up, but the bear was in the bushes and he couldn't see him. The bear ran back. He went down. He was there for another 45 minutes. Finally, the bear lost interest in him and, and left. But that's what you have to do. If you, you can't outrun them, they, they run at 35 miles per hour. Sometimes you could get up a tree. I don't, isn't it like you can't necessarily climb up there, up like a tree, because sometimes they'll wait? Oh, yeah. I mean, and they could, you know, they have really nothing to do that day. They could just hang out, you know, <laughs> that type of thing. Um, now, with um, a black bear, if a black bear, you know, looks aggressive, you can almost match that. You want to make yourself look as large as you can, talk to him in a very loud voice, and more times than not, that will uh, eliminate the threat by the bear because the bear is, he's not as aggressive as grizzlies. Although I do know some bad stories on people that have tangled with, uh, with black bears before. One was an oil worker in northern Alberta, and they were out there, a number of guys, and this woman, it was her time of the month, the bear came up, okay, attacked her, 
They had no weapons and no bear spray. Oh, my gosh. I know. So one of the guys went to the truck and, and got a fire extinguisher out of the truck, sprayed it at the bear. The bear, of course, ran off. But then when the bear realized it wasn't hurt, it came back and it attacked her and killed her. Uh-oh. No. Uh, and, yeah. And so had they had bear spray. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. It, and it's, it's a sad thing, really, when people have to learn it this way when someone's either critically hurt or is deceased because of the encounter, you know, but that seems to, at least for the moment in time, spike the awareness of what can happen out there. But it's, it's really funny how, how short our memories are. You know, most of the people would do that. You know, I've run into bears. I don't know a lot. Okay. So, I've, I've just been lucky in, in a lot of respects, but I've never been charged. And uh, um, I've let them know, you know, that I was there minding my own business. One time in Montana, three years ago, I was going along a trail and I heard this rustling and I saw a brown bear. Uh, it was a brown colored black bear. I saw it run diagonally from me and it was about 40 yards from me. And then I'm watching it, and then all of a sudden, you know how when people are looking at you, you kind of, you don't know why, but you look at them, okay? I looked over to my left, and there was a black bear staring at me out of the bushes, and no clue was there. And I just, you know, I, I'm ready to deploy the spray, you know, and I'm like, okay, bear, I'm just, I'm still heading this way, and your buddy's down there, everything's fine. That was very intense. But you like you like you said you rely on like um, that that training that mental exercises that you do when you're out there, which is I found myself doing now that I I carry bear spray is it's changed a lot of how I do things outside. Um, I used to be one of those people that is very much locked into music or listening to something. Um, and now I very rarely do that, especially if I'm hiking by myself or running by myself. Um, I don't, I don't really, I carry my phone so that I have a way of communicating if I get, you know, in, in a bad situation, but I don't necessarily listen to things like I, I once did. Um, I'm not completely tuned out. Uh, I'm, I'm scanning everything. And, it, and it's actually affected, like I said, sort of my, my style of hiking to be a little bit, I guess, more appreciative of nature because it makes you stop and look around when you hear sounds. And then, then it actually does make you appreciate things when you realize you're not being tracked by a bear but, or, a, or a mountain lion or something or a person. Um, so that's always nice when you could stop and appreciate things. But also in my head... I like think to myself, okay, well, what if I came around a bend and there's a, there's a bear over here, or there's something that is tracking me, what would I do? And I feel like it's just definitely changed how I've hiked and approached the outdoors for the better, because I was really oblivious until I had that situation with that bear in New Hampshire. Um, and before that, I mean, I would appreciate nature, but uh, maybe not look for things as closely as I once did. Although in the desert, it's a little different because they do tell you about mountain lions and, and those are a little bit more prevalent. But um, I carry bear spray even with me in the Southwest. Uh, you, bear spray works on everything. <laughs> if you think about it, it can work on a human. I mean, there's not necessarily a, it has to be used on bears, but um, it's good to know that it can be. 
It does work on everything. The only time I've ever had to spray, I was on a, a, a road in the middle of nowhere and two dogs came out of nowhere and they were escalating each other. I was telling them, get away, get away, get away, you know, and every time I would do that, they would get more excited, and more aggressive. And I knew if I kept going, one would probably take a little nip out of my calf or something. So I, I deployed, and I gave them a half second burst. Okay. Well, they smelled that. I didn't want to hurt them, you know, and they smelled that. And I never saw them again. So yes, I have uh, a friend who was challenged by a cat. He was mountain biking. Okay. And, you know, the cat, he was like, you know, go away, go away. The cat didn't. It started to come up on him. He had the bike between him and the cat. He deployed the spray, sprayed it. Um, and here's something. You don't want to empty your can. Okay. You want to do short bursts. And he did a short. I was about to say, maybe, maybe we need to do a little uh, disclaimer on, on how to use bear spray. Cause that's the other thing you could buy bear spray. And unless you ask somebody how to use it or like watch videos, you don't really know how to use it. No, you don't. And the, you know, the, the video that actually I use in the beginning of the class is not totally accurate for uh, what they said they did. Of course, they weren't filming each other, but they said they all three of them emptied their cans at the bear. Well, they shouldn't have done that. First of all, they uh, the one the kid that the bear was coming after uh, should have started giving it, you know, a couple of short bursts because it only has seven to nine seconds of spray in it. So if you do a couple of two second bursts or a second and a half burst, you know, you're, it's going to stay longer. They smell it. A bear can smell 2000 times better than a human. How they calculated that, I have no clue. But right. who was on the receiving end of that calculation? <laughs> You know, I don't know, but it's like a bloodhound is supposed to smell seven times better than a human and a bear 2,000 times. How they, how they, you know, gather that data and analyze, I have no clue. But anyway, they smell it. You know what I mean? That's the first thing that turns them off. If it gets on their skin, it does start to burn and they don't like that. Anyway, don't, <laughs> don't empty your can. You know, let them know that, that you know, that you have more uh, to come, I guess, you know, if they're, if they're challenging you. Anyway, my friend with the cat gave it a two second burst and uh, the cat said, I'm out of here and left, but it was a mountain lion. So it was, uh, it was a dangerous predator. Right. And, and that's the, the thing though, I um, was reading a little bit about the company with Scat Belt and about how they find a lot of the responses, the appreciation more so from women being like, this is perfect. And I think maybe it's, it's because, and I don't want to say like that's across the board, but just in that one article it mentioned about how women have been really responsive to it. And I, I do see the product more, I guess, on, on women. I've seen it with hiking with a lot of people, like a lot of the guys I hike with carry like, um, or just clip their, their, uh, bear spray to like their pack on the front on their chest. I, maybe it's just a comfort thing. Maybe it just sits better on our hips or something. I don't know. But I I like it just being there like by my hands without, I don't know, just having it by my sides is a little bit more natural to me. And I guess when you're picking out, 
you know, your bear spray holster, it does have to be something like you said that you can practice with. It's almost like, um, it's almost like a, a firearm you are carrying in a way, um, in, in a different sense. So, you know, you have to be familiar with how to, how to get your spray out and where it is. And yeah. like you said, how to actually spray because it does have a safety on your spray. So it'd be a horrible time to find that out trying to use it. Cause usually if you're about to use it, you know, you're, you're that's your last resort. That's a, that's a fight or flight response. That's really that's the end of the chain of events when you're deploying your spray at something. Absolutely. Um, that's pretty much your last hope. You know what I mean? At that point. So you really do have to know a lot. And, and I, I drill down with people, practice, practice, practice. You're not going to know because if something comes up, your adrenaline is, is, you know, going through the roof. Okay. You're nervous. Uh, you, you know, you're going to make mistakes, but the more you practice it, and yes, you're still going to have an adrenaline flow, but you're going to be able to focus better in the emergency if you have practiced, okay, like anything else. And a lot of guys, yeah, you know, we'll just take it, you know, on our clip, on our pack, or we'll put it in the back of the pack, which is... Yes, people put it like in the back, and I'm like, how are you... I've seen that a few times. I just was always like, how are you that confident that with your adrenaline surging, you're going to be able to remember where anything's at? You're not. And, and what are you going to say? Hey, bear, hold on. It's going to take me 10 seconds to get my bear spray out of here. No, it's, it's not realistic to do it that way. My belt I've had for five years. I 90% of the time I forget I even have it on. Okay. It's so comfortable. I have my phone, I have my bear spray, you know, I have my lip balm in the little pocket and so forth. And it's, it's just part of my kit. It's part of my gear. You know what I mean? It's just what it's like my running shoes. I put my running shoes on, I put my belt on and off I go. Right. Um, I, I don't know how other people do it, but I hope this podcast today has uh, an opening for people where they have that aha moment. You know what I mean? And I, I'm doing this really for their safety more or as much as we want to sell the belts, right? But to get them to understand that practice is the only thing that's really going to help them out when they're out in the wilderness and they're confronted, you know, because that way they'll be calmer when and if something happens. It'll literally save your life to really just think through those scenarios and and practice. I mean, we do it, you do it for teaching and everything and, and showing people. So you're doing that constantly in healthcare. We're constantly doing training so that when things do rev up and your adrenaline's going, you do fall into your basics and your foundations. And knowing that plays that framework so that you can at least hopefully by the time deploy your bear spray and hopefully save yourself. Um, any parting words before we sign off tonight it's good to research where you're going okay if you're going to go on a new trail it's okay to bite that trail off in in smaller chunks okay or walk it the first time so that you know where the bends and the curves are so you, you can start thinking wow if i go around this corner what would happen if a moose were there or an elk 
we're, we're standing there, you know, that type of thing. And um, once you know the trails, like, you know, I know you do and I do on most of the ones that we go on, it's it's a piece of cake, but not in the, in the new, you know, new trails and new areas. Stay aware of what's going on around you at all times. And you brought up a fantastic point that I must speak to before we go. The fact that you are unhooked from music when you're out in the wilderness. That way you can hear the crack of a stick if something heavy steps on it and so forth. If you've got music in or, you know, something, you're not going to hear that. Just, you know, that was a great point you made. And I, I think people need to listen to that. And also talking about scanning and constantly being aware, it's not just scanning out, it's also scanning down, looking at the ground and seeing if there's tracks or seeing, you know, you guys call it a, a scat belt, but I always think about like, well, you should be looking at scat in a way too, um, to see it. But I mean, seeing if that's fresh on a trail could help you with discerning whether or not an animal's been there. I spend a lot of time in British Columbia and when I'm out in the early spring and there's still snow and so forth and the bears are waking up, I am amazed at how many bears there are out there in the tracks. So yes, another good point, look down, see what's been there before you, okay? Um, it, it can absolutely save your life. You know, if it's, is the, is the footprint three days old, three weeks old, or three minutes old? You know, there's a big difference there. It's true. Um, I would highly encourage people also to, to take classes at their outdoor leadership schools. I, I know Knowles runs them. I know REI runs a lot of stuff. Or, you know, to maybe even reach out to you. Yes, yes. You know, um, we, we do business with Knowles every year. We do business with their uh, Wyoming school and their Alaska school. I love Knowles. I can't sing Knowles praises enough. Yes. Well, is there any way that uh, people can reach you if they want to know for more information in general? My email is mark, M-A-R-K, at scatbelt.com. It's pretty simple. All right. And I'm going to make sure to include that in our little show notes. Um, thank you so much for joining me tonight, Mark. Thank you very much. I'm glad we did this and you have a wonderful evening. Mark is probably one of the warmest people that I ever have interviewed that is not known to me, starting off kind of uh, with email exchanges. He always gave off this very friendly energy, and I wanted to share that with you guys, especially right now when friendly energy and warmth and comfort is something that I think a lot of us really need to look for and we kind of crave. Um, he is a very incredible individual who works with this awesome company. Um, I highly recommend that if you are into the outdoors in any way, shape, or form, you look into that company, uh, you look into Scat Belt. They are doing some amazing things out there to keep people safe. Now, before I close out this episode, I did want to thank the awesome editing genius editor-at-large, editor-in-charge, TJ. 
His link is, as always, in the show notes. If you have podcasting questions, if you need somebody to listen to your audio, TJ is the guru. And I am so thankful that he has helped me out with a lot of these episodes and a lot of the content that I have that is just hanging out there. And so because of that, I have a lot of things that I've recorded at different varying points throughout my travel nurse journeys with different people, some of them not so much in the medical world, some of them more in the medical world, and some of them just sharing their stories. And I'm trying to work with what audio I have and the things I've captured along the way. And I definitely want to share that, especially as we are continuing to exist in a moment of history that is full of chaos, really, and uncertainty, and a lot of car commercials saying things about how these are unprecedented times. And if we could stop doing that, that'd be great. But that's a total tangent for another day. However, it is some truth in that there is a lot of uncertainty out there. And I just wanted to kind of bring some of the older audio I have, some of the cooler interviews I've done, and I finally was able to thankfully locate a lot of the audio that I did a couple summers ago uh, between myself and other nurses, and I am going to work with trying to figure out, again, the things that I have banked in my audio repertoire and all of my files and create a way that I can present it and get it out to all of you that listen. And hopefully you guys can take away whatever you want from that interview, from those guests, but hopefully it gives you a little bit of perspective and maybe a bit of an escape from this really weird time. And I hope that you guys are being kind to yourselves. And I think the best way for me to close out is to do what I always do and say, to believe in the good, practice random acts of kindness, continue to look out for each other, practice compassion, and as always, remember the importance of self-care.